You'll just know. Bring the cat. No. What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 40, the Vinny LeCavalier episode of season five. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Eichelon, joined as always by Jack Smith and Boy Wonder, Travis Ballinghoff. If you're listening live as a pod, I'm sorry, if you're listening live on YouTube, uh, please hit the subscribe button and uh, set an alert for future shows. If you're listening as a podcast, make sure to listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe all as a podcast. Uh, find all of our social media links in one place, hoo.be forward slash hwhockey, or head over to our site, hwhockey.net. Uh, Mark Ramos just put out another Flyers line article. I think he covered the second line, uh, so some good stuff there. We'll be talking lines uh, next episode. We'll tease that a little bit. We're, we'll have some fun when we get there. But for today's episode, it's the middle of July, right? So we're kind of scratching for topics, and we scratched up a couple good ones for you. Maybe we have a, a game or two we'll play. Um, but first, let's get to the the facts. Some of the news here, breaking news today. And I'm going to try to say it right, Trav. All right, God forbid. <laughs> Do you know the correct way to pronunciate his name? Uh, in French, they say Gendron. Is it Alexi? Yes, Alexi, Alexi Gendron. Gendron. Yeah. All right. Flyer signed to a three-year ELC today in somewhat surprising news, I think. A 2022 seventh-round pick of the Philadelphia Flyers. Shandron scored 55 goals uh, during the regular season this year between, I- I'm not even going to try to say the one team's name. It's Blainville, Wabrian, and then he played the other half of the season for the Gatineau Olympiques. Uh, 55 regular season goals and added 13 more. In the, I'm sorry, it was 14 more goals in 13 playoff games. So it didn't stop for Gendron. Um, interesting signing there. It drafted just last year. This isn't a guy that's been cooking. Uh, they drafted him last season. His father is a scout with the Flyers. I believe uh, he's located in Montreal. Um, funny, quick little funny story there. He was actually telling the Flyers to not draft this kid. Yikes. Uh, he didn't want uh there to be that tie i think this is what he said anyways he didn't want there to be a, that nepotism thing there he wanted it to look like you know he did everything on his own yada yada uh which was cool i could kind of understand that at the same time you have an opportunity uh you know have your son in the same organization on the flip side i think that'd be pretty cool but uh i want to ask you guys trev uh thoughts on this signing are you a little surprised by the quick elc or what did you think of Gendrome? Well, you know, you know who else played for the Gatineau Olympique? Yeah, I do. Is, is he the next Claude Giroux? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, the guys put up some numbers. Now he's a yes. seventh-round pick. Is he going to be able to keep that up, and will it translate to the pro level? I have no idea, but it, he's, he's off to a pretty good start in his career. i got to give him that. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued. He seems like something might be there. Uh, and he's only 19 years old. Just mm-hmm. turned, uh, he turned 19 during the season in December. So it's not like he's one of these, uh, you know, big time overager kids. Um, and he scored 30 goals the year before in 21, 22. So it's not like this is something that came out of nowhere. He built on a successful second season in the QMJHL uh, by potting 55. So, uh, 
They may have a diamond in the rough here, Jack. What do you think? What more can you ask for a seventh-round pick? I mean, it's exactly what you want to see. Now, are they quick to sign him? I guess. But, like, this is the time to take these kind of shots on young players. Like, this is where we're at. There's no need to do anything immediately. Just see what you have. And I keep looking at it. It's a, such a lottery ticket, but this is it's not the first time we've heard of stories like this. It's about time that happens for the Flyers. Not saying that's going to happen, but – I'm very excited. Like, what else can you expect from a seventh rounder? I will take that all day. And yeah, his um his numbers for being a seventh rounder are a little eye popping. So that's that's very nice as well. Yeah, I mean, 55 goals is 55 goals, right? That's kind of the way I, I looked at it the same way. Like, all right, seventh round pick. So, um, level expectations, I guess. Um, but you know, I got to watch and play a couple games uh, towards the end of the year and then in the playoffs. And he just finds the net. He The puck finds him. He's one of those guys. Puts himself in position to score. Um, obviously a very offensive-minded player. And that's okay. He, I don't think you can ever have too many of those guys. It looks like the Flyers are, are, are building a team based off offensive uh, players. Uh, will he have a spot on the Flyers roster? I don't know. Maybe – Plays with the fan. I'm thinking he's gonna play with the Phantoms. They they need players too, right? It's good if you're building up a pipeline. You need reliable players uh, to to call up when there's injury, and that's how I'm looking at Jen Drone right now. Hopefully the success continues. Um, but we saw El Elliot Denoyer uh, score a, a bunch of goals in the uh, Canadian Hockey Leagues. Play a year or two with the Phantoms. Did decently there, and he's gonna contend for a spot with the Flyers. Uh, so potentially. it was yeah. last year his age 19 season, or is that this upcoming season? Uh, so this coming December, he'll turn 20. Uh, okay. So he turned 19 in the middle of last year. So, yeah, he's a kid. You know, he's uh, younger than you, Trav, somehow. <laughs> Stud. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, it's it's good stuff. You know, the flyers are hitting on some kids, uh, in, in the later rounds, which is what they needed to do. And they did it while Fletcher was here somehow. So, uh, some credit there. I mean, that was, that was probably Brent flair. No. Yeah. Yeah. One, so of, we'll the give him the credit. One of the scouts. Yeah. Maybe he's dad. <laughs> <laughs> he had to come out with that story just so, uh, you know, nobody <laughs> caught on. Yep. Um, all right. In other news, uh, Tony D'Angelo, obviously we talked uh, in earlier shows that he was waived and eventually bought out by the Philadelphia Flyers. And uh, we've speculated on this show seemingly for months that he wanted to go back to Carolina and Carolina kind of wanted him back. Um, couldn't work out a deal. The NHL rules for that whole circumventing the salary cap thing is uh, quite frankly bullshit. Uh, not not that it's a huge thing that the Flyers missed out on a perceived asset, right? Uh, but now the Flyers ended up having to uh, – they took an opportunity to buy out D'Angelo. Now he's on the books for, uh, what is it, two years now? Yes. When they could have just got it all off in one foul swoop, yada, yada. Uh, long story short, Tony D'Angelo eventually – I think it's about two weeks later now – Signs with the Carolina Hurricanes for one year, $1.6 million. Uh, and he's doing okay financially. Uh, he's getting paid by the Flyers. I, I think he may still be getting paid by the Rangers. I have to go double-check that. But he's, Yeah, they are. 
<laughs> so he's getting paid by three teams right now, Tony D'Angelo. He's, uh, I know he's only getting one and two year deals, but he's making out all right. Tony D'Angelo is doing okay financially. If anybody out there was wondering or worried, uh, Jack, do you have any thoughts on Carolina picking him up for cheap a year after Fletcher gives up three assets and signs him to a two year, $10 million contract? see one i guess you know <laughs> calling bluffs and making other guys look stupid um yeah i mean it's what when they were originally trading for them i couldn't help but think like why like just play some things out everybody cap space is such an, an asset so teams might be trying to free what they can up keep it uh, you know keep your ear out if you're interested in a player and you find out he's not interested in playing with the current coach he's with it's like well do you really have to give up an asset here like we just wait this out and because they obviously have more inside information than the fans do. And yeah. And then you, and I always say this about like players like this, like your ghosts and players of that nature, they're good to have. They can be on championship winning teams, but they're not guys who wind up, you, you know, anchoring your D and you sign to these, this big money. And while they, he never got the, the years with the flyers, um, $5 million. Like he's just not effective at that number. And he, sure enough, he's back with Carolina making, not even double than what he was making the first time. So yeah, it, it never made any sense for Fletcher to give up the assets based on the, where the team was. And if you're looking to propel your team forward to go all in on a one dimensional player like that, it's just silly. Yeah. But uh, it makes perfect sense for Carolina because they have the entire foundation of a good team. He's only, he's a complimentary piece at this point. The funny thing is they sign him twice for a season apiece both for less than $2 million, $1 million the first contract, $1.6 the second. And the, the crazy thing is they give him $1.6 a year after the Flyers give him $5 million a season. It just uh, I'm, I'm a little baffled by that. Like how does he not get more from Carolina unless he's like, well, you know, I better take what I can get here. I just got cut for the second time or bought out for the second time. And I am getting paid by the Rangers and the Flyers. So, yeah, I'll take another one-year deal for 1.6. Trav, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Well, I just looked it up, and the Rangers are no longer paying him. That ended this past season. That just ended. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I guess it's kind of – if you've been listening for a while, you know this was the worst-kept secret on high and wide. This has kind of been known for a while. There's been mutual interest there. I don't know. It, he's had such an inconsistent career. It's like, well, one year the positives do outweigh the negatives. The next year the positives don't outweigh the negatives. And I guess he's kind of had, you know, some luck in certain years, some luck or some bad luck um, like he did this past offseason. So I don't know. Um, as far as the signing goes, I think it's going to work out. Who knows who he plays with, if that's Orlov or he goes back with Shea or not Shay, um, Slavin, like he did mm-hmm. his one year there. Um, but I think that Rod Brindamore system fits him well. And Roddy's one of them coaches where, like, he's very player. He may be the most friendly player coach in the league, but at the same time, he's so passionate. And I think that works well with Tony. Yeah, I, I could see that. That's kind of how I was hoping it, things were going to play out with Tortorella. Um, but – It could be – so I remember before the season, uh, I think we talked about it, that D'Angelo and Tortorella are 
sometimes you can be too alike personality wise. Um, where if you're stubborn and maybe a little hard headed, um, things got to be your way kind of thing. You butt heads and, um, maybe they didn't have time to figure it out or maybe they didn't want to figure it out. You know, I think once you get that contract, you don't really have to do anything. You know, you're making 10 million bucks and what are they going to do? They can't take it away from you. So, um, yeah, Jim, I, um, I will say, and I'm just curious to your thoughts on this. Um, what I'm saying, I get on the Tortorello stuff, but like for a player like D'Angelo though, it needs to be like a structured system like Carolina for it to work. I don't think you could pluck him off his team and put him with an organization in the dumps and help that he's going to help bring that team out of it. He's a piece you add after you already have the foundations. Mm-hmm. You know, and I it's just a lot of it is his play style. And the reason why Ghost, I think, got what he get four and a half for like yep. a year, <clears throat> and Tony only got 1.6. When it comes to this position and how one, dimensional they can be but valuable because of the power play it a lot has to do with momentum ghost looked good this year ghost got traded to a contender and he was in the eastern conference finals d'angelo opted in for the money played with one of the worst teams in the league was terrible bashed with his coach that does not equal money like his momentum was down ghost's was up look at the difference in the contracts they got although both very similar on length but like you can see Ghost had a good year. He got $4.5 million. Uh, D'Angelo got a terrible year, got balled out, and got below $2 million. And that's that's what I think this position is when you go looking for these guys and they both be moved. Probably not D'Angelo because he's with a contender already, but like you figure that's exactly what's going to happen with Ghost. Uh, this whole thing was weird from the start, right? Like Since the trade, it's been weird. And the fact that they caught him – a year later was weird. Um, and then the fact that Carolina re-signed him after a year to a $1.6 million one, one year deal was weird too. There's uh, not an organization. They know you do not sign a guy like that for that kind of money. Yeah, it's was, like they, they have a cap hit and a value. They know I'm not paying that guy more than whatever we, we think he's worth. We're not going over that. And if he wants more, you're gone. It's that simple. And you say, let somebody else make that mistake. Yep. And here comes Chuck Fletcher. <laughs> and sure enough, <laughs> look what happens. Can you do that laugh again, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I'm glad that guy's not here. Who, Chucky? Yeah, I'm glad he's not here anymore. You think he gets another head job? Nah, not, not anytime soon. I thought it was a little odd that even they had him on uh, the draft show. Yeah, Sportsnet. Like he, I, he, he doesn't really have a TV personality. He's pretty, uh, at least what we're allowed to see from him. He's pretty. Uh, he doesn't really have boring. a huge personality. Yeah, he's a little boring. He just has GM attached to his name. So having a guy like that on, like, oh my god, the fans are going to think they're getting an inside scoop. This is great. Uh, he probably really is a good guy, and they were they were like, "Oh, how can we help him out? Because this could be the end." Oh, you know? <laughs> I agree with that to an extent. Sure. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move along a little bit here. Uh, sort of one of our bigger topics for this show is Morgan Frost still unsigned. Um, we I had heard a couple weeks ago that things were close, 
close followed by all they need to do is work out the dollars and the term. (laughs) So they knew they had interest in each other. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that's what uh, I was told there. And the only reason I, like, I, I don't get into the whole Twitter thing on Morgan Frost. I just don't have it in me. It's July. Do you know what I mean? And uh, (laughs) if it was in season, sure, I could feed into that. But it's July. I'm not going to get into a Morgan Frost argument on Twitter uh, one way or the other. Um, But I've been kind of keeping track a little bit about what's happening. And uh, apparently there are people out there that would sign him long term already. Have you guys seen any of that on your oh, timeline? All those goofball ones. And the money was like, I think it was at least $5 million. I was like, what have you seen in this wow. guy that believe that makes you believe consistency is a part of a part of that? Where you're just like, yep, lock him up. Like that blows my mind. See, that yeah. that's that's when you go on NHL 23 and you see he's got green top six potential and he's 24, 23, whatever he is. It's like, okay, he's got four years to grow. We could sign him to a five-year deal and have nothing to worry about. I, I kind of think that's what that is. And then you play as him and make him as good as he should be. Like you control <laughs> your God. <laughs> we had, I'm just, uh, I'm just, how do you, how do you, where does that confidence come from? I don't understand it. I, I wonder if some of it's just like, you wonder, okay, well, the Flyers aren't going to be competitive for a little bit. Maybe maybe you take a risk on a guy where, like, okay, if you sign him for six years, five mil, you're getting him in a little cheap. Like, kind of remember what they did with Joel a couple years ago where, like, okay, right now he's not worth five million, but in two or three years maybe he'll be worth more than five million and we can get a good deal on him. I wonder if that's some people's thought process on Morgan. I'm not I mean, sure. I haven't asked anybody because I don't agree with it. Um, well, I, but maybe that's where they're coming from. It could definitely be something like that. Although I hope they remember the difference between Frost and Farabee. Farabee was pretty good right off the bat. Blew right by Frost. Remember, he was drafted later. Um, but that, and I think it's the, and I call it the Roman Yossi effect, where you're getting a guy for like really undervalued. Kind of like TK now, if you think about the money. Um, you know, for like a really good deal. But like, think about the two play- the, all the players that have been named that have been signed long term like that that we've just said in this conversation. Like TK was a lot better than Frost when they signed him. Um, obviously, so was Rombinosi. Like, I've seen half a season of Frost turning it up a, a notch where there was nobody left for him to have to beat out. You know, he just kind of finally put it together with some players, and it was such a small sample size and so many meaningless games. And I'm not. Look, if you're assigned this kind of money, I will bring up the fact that a lot of those games were against bottom dwellers like Arizona, which we brought up many times. You know, so and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying, like, how could you be that confident to do that now based on the very small sample size you've seen? And this guy screams bridge deal. I don't know what they're talking about, but if I'm going to take a risk on a guy and sign him long term, it's not Morgan Frost. That's the easiest way to get bit. Yeah, I think he's the last guy you want to kind of lock up uh, long term. He's he's the ideal bridge guy. Where if he outperforms the bridge, outstanding, right? That's what you want. You want a guy to outperform the bridge. That's why you can sign him long term. Um, I think there's less risk on that side 
Whereas if you do give them a long-term deal, there's risk that you get burned, you know? And, and that to me is the, what, what makes the difference in do we bridge them? Do we sign them long-term? It's not that I'm not confident that he can be good. Um, but there's more of a safety net for you're covering your own butt if you give them the bridge deal. So, and I think the flyers are in a position where they need to do that these next couple of years. They can't just be handing out contracts and money if things are going to be different. So let's go. What is it? Tell me Bryce Harper dinger solo. Yep. Tie game. Uh, yes, sir. All right. About time. Anybody, nobody can get on base for him now, eh? <laughs> Top of the lineup, struggling. Turner playing? Yeah. Man, that guy needs a break. Two two strikeouts tonight? Dude, he needs to like maybe like sit out a series. But I digress. Um, all right, so yeah, Morgan Frost. That, that was one of our hot topics of the episode. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I can't really, I can't find it within myself to pretend to get upset about, you know, or, or get passionate about a Morgan Frost, uh, contract talk. Uh, there's a lot of great points on Twitter. I'd recommend following, uh, Anthony Chapman or Joel Cania. They make great points about Morgan Frost on Twitter and let's move along here a little bit. Uh, so let me, let me cut you off real quick. We talk a lot about Morgan Frost on this show. We've done it for many months now, I guess, since the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you should go check out some of them former episodes. We talk about them a lot. Yeah, we do. So much so that we were like, oh, man, we got to talk about Morgan Frost again. Um, he's but yeah. He's polarizing for where he is on the hierarchy of the team players. Yeah, yeah it's it just he, he has, a long time, man. He has so many fans and so many haters. And it's like, you no, know, there's not many people in between. It's like, ah, I'm, I'm okay with Morgan Frost. It's like, you go on Twitter. It's, I love Morgan Frost or I hate Morgan Frost. And there's nothing in between. That's what it seems like it is on Twitter. Oh, there's, yeah. there's been some writers I've seen get reprimanded oh, for like going too hard one way. And it's, it's interesting. It, he's tied to the trend trade. He's tied to Hextall and he's, it's, it's been a long time. And he, and then he starts to show you a thing or two. That's what it is. He always got a little dabble or something. Remember his first goal ever? Like oh how my God. Fancy that was top like shaggy on Bob. Certain per- people became fans that night and have not stopped. That's kind of what Travis is alluding to. So anything he does like great is just more fire. And then on the other end, you got the haters who are like, you see just anything he's gone through being sent down. There was a little thing going around that he wasn't really giving it his all at some point. You know, I think he was supposed to report to the training center. He chose not to, but there was COVID going on. Like, there's just been, it's been way too much for this guy. For how old is he? 23? 23? Yeah. Like, like, geez, I, I really hope it works out because it feels like I'm already exhausted and he's about to sign his bridge deal. Yep. What would you guys have needed to see? this past season from Frost to be comfortable uh, signing to a longer term deal instead of a bridge deal. And I'm not talking like, Oh, I would have needed to see 60, 70 points. Like what, what is it about his game that you're not confident signing him long-term yet? Like when you, when you watch him play, obviously, well, I don't want to cloud anybody's judgment here, but uh, Jack, like, like when you watch him play, 
what do you need to see more of that would make you feel more comfortable giving him a longer term deal? I mean, I wish he like really forced his way onto the power play and stayed there and was an asset, like a really a good playmaker. I would like to see him shoot and score more, like just straight up beat the goalie, have the confidence to just go for it. He he strikes me as a player who's doing more of the right things, especially for Tortorella for considering his play style. Um, and he'll he'll throw in the occasional fancy move, but he doesn't really take over games, you know. And, and it's like I that to me is like a, a definite step up. That combined with the power play prowess, like a guy who really add like surprise you with his points. It's like oh, I thought he had, I can't believe he had that many points. And you see the like power play points or a good chunk of them are, and it's like man, that's really an asset. Like I that's we need that. We got to keep that. Like I would be all for signing a guy like that. Uh, it just feel he feels very opportunistic. He there is definitely talent there, but that doesn't mean he can put it all. Together. I've seen I can say he's put it all together. Get him locked up. Like I, I want to see you. I can still say consistency at this point, even though he's pretty consistent towards the end of the year for a bit, because um, his track record doesn't show that. So uh, there's a there's a jump. I'm not saying he needs to do all that at once, but like he's got to check a few more boxes for me to really really jump in and be like, all right, five mil for five years, let's go. No, I think that's fair. Uh, crap. How about you? Yeah, pretty similar thoughts. I mean, the the guy's been a pro for oh, has it been since 2019? Does that sound right? Yeah, turned pro, mm -hmm. and like he's just now breaking in and establishing so, himself as an NHL player. And even in that case, it's like, well, he he had a really strong last three months of the year or so. Outside of that, it's just been a roller coaster up and down and up and down and up and down. And like, I've been pretty vocal. Like, I don't think the coaching staff was doing him many favors, but he, at the same time, he really wasn't playing well to deserve that ice time. And then you, you know, you go back to the chicken or the egg, you know, or do we just give this guy good line mates and good ice time and see if he produces or should we play him on the fourth line with a couple of muckers and see if he deserves more? Like, the, the the old coaching staff kind of chose the latter of that and I don't I never really agreed with that but kind of middling out here like uh, I don't know to answer your question like you, you kind of go back and watch him in juniors like one of his strengths was skating the puck up the ice making plays off the rush we don't see that at all in fact he he kind of turns the puck over a lot when he's skating through the neutral zone kind of like what you know, Provorov's had that issue the last couple of years. I think Frost has that issue in his game as well. And I don't really understand why, because we saw it in juniors. That was one of his strengths. And you kind of just like watch him in practice. Like his hands are silky smooth. Like this guy has all the skill in the world. Like what? I don't understand that. Kind of like what Jack said. I think this guy should be able to like really be a strong power play contributor. And power plays had a lot of issues for years. One of the, probably the biggest is the zone entries like i just talked about and that's a little bit on him yep um totally agree like i i don't know just kind of going back to your main question i think it is we just we haven't seen enough from him he's been a pro for x amount of years and we kind of we saw him play well for just a couple months like i don't know i guess, I guess you can go back to when he got first got called up he played well for the first couple of weeks and then 
went down to the third line, then went down to the fourth line, then he was back with the Phantoms, got a quick call up, couldn't stick. I don't know. I, I really like Morgan Frost, and I think he's going to do good things here for a long time. But um, as far as a contract goes, I would have been more comfortable going York or Kate's longer term just because I'm, I think both of those guys have much higher ceiling or no, no, excuse me. I think York and Kate's have higher floors than Frost does. Yeah. There's still a lot of bust potential with Frost depending on how things go. There's all the reason in the world to like, you can't dismiss that based on what we've seen. He's when I think of Morgan Frost, I don't think of a guy who seized an opportunity. I don't think of a guy who showed, you know, it's my time. I, I think the team was really bad. He had opportunity because nobody better was there to play. It took multiple chances and he got a little hot. I mean, that may be all it takes. I'm not I don't know how the origin story for great players starts. I'm just saying nothing that I've seen makes me believe he has arrived and it's time to lock him up. Like I don't I don't see that. If he the power plays dying for anybody, anybody out there to do anything. If he were to like be a contributor like that, I'd be like there you go. That's opportunity. He sees that. It's clearly there. He's been brought up in the past multiple times. Always has a, has trouble sticking. This is his first like good run. That's great. That's wonderful. That's not. That's not the. You got to show me more than that. Like, come on. Like, I feel. I feel like more and more people see it, the littlest sample size and just want to buy in. And to me, this is. I'm like, this is not a guy you do that with, because this is what he does. If he doesn't put up these points, he doesn't offer a whole lot else. Like in Kate's situation, where at least he's very good defensively. Like Frost is an offensive guy. I'm told he's an offensive guy, you know? So I, I, I want to see that toilet seat up. (laughs) (laughs) I, I actually think he's a little bit better defensively. At least he was this year than people give him credit for. And I'm not saying he's not, but it's, it's replaceable. It's not like where you really like earn an NHL roster spot because of your defensive prowess. He's not inept, but like for what we're putting the money we're putting in you, like you better be good at really good at one of these things or the others or a hell of a hockey player. And there's not enough on both ends for him to really not do anything offensively. It'll be interesting to see what he gets, but uh, yeah, I mean, where do the flyers struggle? (laughs) They struggle (laughs) mightily on the power play and they have a lot of trouble getting the puck into the offensive zone. Uh, Morgan Frost was responsible for a lot of that last year. So maybe that's something that he, that he builds on and grows. And obviously I, I have a hard time, you know, if, if you're coming into a negotiation, like, Oh, well, he's going to get better at that. All right. Well then I'll, I'll pay him when he's better, but, uh, you need to see a little bit of that first. Cause I mean, there's a lot of like 46 point. 19 goal guys are kind of a dime a dozen around the NHL, you know? Um, so you need to see, I think a little bit more, uh, from Morgan Frost. So I, I agree with you guys. I'll keep my answer short there. Um, <clears throat> we do have a comment here. I'll read from our buddy cards 88. Thanks for hanging out with us. Once again, the problem with signing him long-term isn't really about his points. In my opinion, it's that he hasn't had multiple years of success in a row. And I think that's very fair to say. Uh, we go ahead, Jay. I was just gonna try to quickly look up how many games plays he has, <clears throat> and like his total points. And we know that those points, the majority of those points, came in a pretty small sample size, all things considered. Um, and he's 
constantly played for a pretty rough team. I, I don't, you need a, a bridge deal to get those other years that we're talking about. And I feel like it's a given. I don't see anything on either side to suggest like a lock them up now or Frost saying it's time for me to get paid. Like neither one of those scenarios enter my head when I see the course of his career. He is bridge uh, deal material to a T. And I don't know what the issue is, but it doesn't seem to me like he should be making an awful lot of money. So two years, whatever. And, you know, I, I don't I just don't see why certain people are quick to jump on Frost of all people with such potential to to get screwed. And then you're buying somebody else out and just prolonging things. Mm-hmm. Let's get to Ted E. Dangerously. I hate to say it, but he's always injured. Gain muscle so you're more durable. Go Flyers. Yeah, I, I think he's figuring that out a little bit. He played 81 of 82 games last year. He looks a little bigger, at least in person. Uh, whereas His before, legs are actually huge. Yeah. Uh, before, we'd hear a lot about the working out, and he looked like maybe 160 pounds soaking wet. Uh, he, he for sure put on muscle uh, less. He's, maybe he's grown into his man body a little bit there, which will help him going forward. So good point, Teddy. Uh, all right, Jonathan Nesbitt here. I think Frost is a bit soft. Not a guy you will win with. He has a great junior. Pl- he was a great junior player, but just might be one of those guys who doesn't pan out in the NHL. And we'll see. We'll see. Give him the bridge deal. Give him a couple years to prove that the, the second half of this season wasn't a fluke. And uh, we'll see going forward. Oakham's Razor checking it, checking in. What's up, gents? Uh, Oakham, thanks for hanging out as always. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, so we have a couple fun topics we want to get to here. Um, I don't, did you guys do any of these? Did you did you look up your top five clods? Didn't have to be limited to the NHL. Obviously, we're a hockey podcast, so if you could find as many top five clods in the NHL, that'd be ideal. But open to interpretation a little bit. Obviously, this is after Claude Giroux, so I expect him to be in both of your top fives. Will he be in mine? I don't know. We'll have to see. If you're following along in the comments or if you're uh, watching live, drop your top five clouds. I'm interested to see who we come up with here because I think we're a little limited, more limited than I thought uh, when I browsed the NHL Claude names. Um, did you guys do these? Hell yeah. I certainly, I think we all have a similar list. All right. <laughs> who wants to start here? At number five, let's go down. Let's go five to one. <laughs> I'll go. Number five, I have um, my childhood babysitter's husband. <laughs> His name was Claude. Why is I he on your her. list? I went, uh, her name was Wanda. I went from her from preschool to third grade, and her husband's name was Claude. He's number five on my list. Why? He's a legend. <laughs> he's, he's the only guy I actually know named claude besides g money well said all right jack you got a number five i have claude larose it was somebody i looked up he looks like he played in the uh, 60s or 40s i might have confused him with the other guy i really don't know uh and he did play hockey and his name is claude so that's why he's at the bottom of my list all right uh real quick good point here from carts back on the frost topic uh, we'll kind of jump back and forth if we get some of the uh, comments from our older topics, and then we'll get back to our top fives. 
cards 88 is I think for us going to have a similar path as Braden Shen contract wise similar point totals in the first four years Shen was bridged two by 2.5 and then signed to four uh, by 5.15 um, it's it's funny because yeah maybe the point to totals are similar but the player style is a lot different isn't it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure. so we'll have to see there because I'm not sure like I, if you look at Morgan Frost outside of his point scoring what is he known for you know um, I love that he labeled a player that he was traded for technically that's great <laughs> there you go interesting uh Oakham's Razor. Travis to me could pass as connecting his little brother. Am I the only one who sees that? <laughs> we should have did a top five Travis's. We'll do that next oh, time. That would have been a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Must be the hair and the, the patchy facial hair. There you go. And you can't score in the playoffs. And he nonstop <laughs> chirps me in the group chat. Yep. <laughs> That's where I get it from, my older brother. Um, all right. So number five. I'm gonna go. Claude LaPointe, for no reason. Yeah, he was a ball guy. His name was Claude. Played for the Flyers for a little bit. What? I like that one, actually. I don't know why he didn't appear in my my viewing. Hang on. I don't have Claude LaPointe. As soon as you said his name, I totally remembered him. This Claude had a pretty lengthy NHL career as well, mm -hmm. I think. Yes, he did. A uh, total of 879 games, 305 points played Six, I'm sorry, 56 games with the Flyers, two games with the Phantoms. That was oh. his last NHL team. Scored seven goals for the Flyers and finished his Flyer career with 12 points. Um, but did have a lengthy career. Played with the Islanders for a long time from 96 to, 20, to 2002, 2003. Played a season with the Avalanche, season with the Flames, and four se I'm sorry, five seasons with the Quebec Nordiques. Claude nice. LaPointe, my number five, Claude. That's good who do you guys have at number four? I got Claude Lemieux. Oh, oh man, he's the, down on your list. Number yeah, four. You know, he might be a little higher on your guys' list. I'm not a big fan of Claude Lemieux. Uh, not a big fan of his son, but uh, put up some good points in the NHL, so he belongs on the list. You weren't a Brendan Lemieux fan? <laughs> Guy played his ass off here. I don't know how he didn't get a contract. I'll well, keep my. You want it to lock up long term. Fires can do it. All right, Claude Lemieux fourth on Travis's list. Strong disagree with that, but Jack, who do you got at number four? Love the name, hate the location. <laughs> uh, number three, I got Claude Julian. Oh, oh yes, the old hmm. coach. Fred Flintstone himself, <laughs> or Barney Rubble. He looks like one of those guys. Though, doesn't Combination he? of both. The uh, did he win a cup with the Bruins? Oh, he did, right? Eleven. 2011. How about that? And he was in Montreal for a couple of years afterwards. Wasn't he, he had like a heart attack on, like on the bench and it he was did. out for a while before like COVID. A, I think they let him go after the shortly, like not because of that, but like shortly after that. Yeah. He didn't need the, uh, oh, I digress. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was with the Bruins from 2007. He's with them for about 10 seasons. Um, they were all right, so they were only three games over 500 when they fired him. So I guess things were starting to go south there. Uh, but went to Montreal. Did he take them to the cup that year? Or was that somebody? That was St. Louis. Remember no, then the bubble? It wasn't even that. Who the hell was it? it was, did they resign that coach? And he put he put Call Caulfield in the third line and killed his points. Yeah, it was the assistant, the French guy, right? 
Yeah. He had a French name, I think. Oh, God, it's killing me. I have, I could see his face. He had like the hair. Like, I can't remember. Again, with a D, maybe. Or, or a C, like Char or Shane or. I gotta look it up. Yeah, all right. Maybe yeah, someone look the... it up because now I'm curious. I yeah. forget it as well. All right, oh, number Claude. four, Claude. Claude Julien and Claude uh, Lemieux are strong number fours. I'm going to go, huh, who did I have on my number four list here? I don't know. Who is it? Claude, Claude, Claude. How about John Claude Bergeron? You know who that is? No. He was a goalie. <laughs> played for the – he played a total of 72 games in the NHL. Played with Montreal, Tampa Bay, and the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, I don't remember Jean-Claude Bergeron, Bergeron, but good enough for number four on my list of Claudes. I don't know where the hell you found that. I had to pull something different out because I was I didn't want us to have all the same Claudes. It's Dominique Ducharme. Ducharme, yeah. Oh, that's, that's it. it. Very yeah, I got good. the I said C, but you see charm. Come on. Yeah, there's a C in there. Maybe there's another Claude on this list. <laughs> All right, who's got number three queued up? Claude Julian's on this list twice. Does that count? Oh. Yeah, sure. One one's his father, maybe? <laughs> no. He, apparently he coached a team in 03 to 06 as well, Montreal. <laughs> so number three, I got Claude Julian. Uh um, oh, there you go. I always thought this guy was a really good coach. I actually used to like him when he was with the Bruins for some reason. <laughs> I guess just because I thought he was a good coach. Um, won a cup. Um, you know, he was kind of part of the 2010 collapse against Philly. So yes, he, deserved, he deserved some points in that. He uh, gave me a great memory as a child. Great memory as a Flyers fan. I think we, we can all say that was – one of the highlights of the last 13 years, definitely up there. He was, was a like part a, of that. Thanks. It was our Stanley Cup. <laughs> right. Um, ended up sweeping us the next year, wins a cup. But uh, I always thought he was a really good coach. So he's number three on my list. All right. Jack, who you got? Number three. I've just found him on this list of Montreal Canadiens coaches, Claude Ruel. R-U-E-L. He coached the uh, Canadians from 68 to 70. Well, as, you know, head coach, by the way, not assistant. Whoa. Ooh, look at that beauty. Who's that legend? That's Claude Julien. Young Claude. Holy crap. I thought you found the guy <laughs> I was talking about for a second. I was like, this no way. No, sorry. No, don't be sorry. So, yep, my list is almost done. I got one left. All right. Um, yeah, I got Claude Julien as my third Claude too. Uh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I don't. Uh, I have Claude Lemieux ooh. as my third Claude. Um, hated him growing up and, uh, that's because he was a good player and played his role really well. Just an asshole, uh, out on the ice. And, uh, I like those kind of players. I like watching them. Now, if he was on the flyers, we would have loved them. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he spent a long time. You know, playing with the uh, – let, let me look that up before I say it because I remember him with the Devils for a while, but was he actually with them for a long time? With who? I'm sorry. Yeah, the Coyotes. He was – he bounced around. He was all over, man. Okay, yeah. He was with the Devils for 
four, five seasons, but seemed like forever. He's with the Devils from 1990 to 1995. Uh, had a couple 30-goal seasons, a 41-goal season with the Devils. Uh, spent time with Montreal before that, five years. And then, yep, the Avalanche for uh, another five years um, where he had some of those iconic playoff series. Uh, Against the Red Wings. Yep. Who did he win the Conn Smythe was? Was it was it Colorado or New Jersey? How about it? Mm, I don't I don't remember. And uh, I'll be surprised if it was Colorado. There was just so much, so many good players on those teams. Yeah, Darren, Darren McCarty used to own them back in the day. <laughs> Dude, those <laughs> were those were some wars, man. Did you guys have, have you guys um, watched that documentary that came out? I don't remember what it was called, but it was about the Avalanche and the Red Wing uh, rivalry. Uh, back then and uh, one of our guests uh adrian dater was actually in it hmm. um so it was a good good documentary i don't know if it was a 30 for 30 or not but it was uh darren mccarty was in it he was on our show um mentioned dater was on he's one on our show last year i think it's on espn still somewhere you kind of got to dig around like espn plus or something but if you need something to watch uh later on if, if you're not watching shark week i recommend it um, but those were the days, right? Like you had the Dallas Stars with Mike Medano, the Avalanche were loaded, the Red Wings were loaded, and who's the was dragging Buffalo to the finals all by himself. <laughs> exactly, Brett Hall with the Stars. Exactly, man. Um, was was wasn't there one more team? Avalanche. Um, what? Who do you have? You who have you named so far? We, Flyers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean they were the Flyers were always in the mix. Later was like Tampa. That was like 04. So during those like late nineties, two thousands, you said Detroit, Colorado, Dallas. There was one more team the with Devils. those three, wasn't it? The or no? Devils, Buffalo, Devils the Flyers. I know that Washington went to the Cup once. That was like that was a, like a lightning in a bottle, though. Mm. Um, I mean, we would play Pittsburgh and then Toronto a lot in the playoffs. I can't think of anybody in the West that was like really knocking on the door. Was it I Saint? Mean, was it St. Louis? Like That's good, but I feel like they broke through a little bit later. I don't think it was the Kraken. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I was just watching a documentary about Korea and Solani. That's another one you guys got to watch. I think it was... They were the Ducks, baby. Yeah, and that's how they kind of based the show off. They were like the first sports franchise to ever get their uh, like team name from a movie, a Disney movie, or something like that, but... I think you just forget how great Solani and Korea together were. Like those two together were like magic. And I think, you know, we were a little younger and primarily wasn't born. We watched the Flyers. Travis wasn't born. Yeah. So, and, and the Ducks being on the West Coast, like obviously we knew Korea and Solani were great. But I think until you go back and watch, or at least, you know, someone like me, until I went back and watched, it was holy crap, man. These guys were on another level and two great guys. He just wanted to see them succeed. Um, you know, the, I think Korea was somewhere else when the ducks finally won their Stanley cup. Uh, Solani was back with the ducks. Um, but yeah, you have a comment here. Curry was ridiculous. He, he was man. Well, he was the highest rated like co- college player for the longest time. He still might even have like some record or something like he was, I mean, I'm sure the talent wasn't as good for him to play against, but he put up video game numbers in college. And, uh, yeah, and it was funny is most people think that because of Solani that the uh, 
the Winnipeg Jets became the Ducks, and that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of people think that. Like, no, they they're the Arizona now. The Ducks are their own thing. Oh. So yeah, it's great. I mean, I remember going to a game when I in like '96 or something. I can't remember around that time, and they played the Ducks and they lost two nothing. And it was Korea to Solani, and the second goal was Solani to Korea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like wow, they just Lindros and the Legion Doom just lost. Like, it didn't even look good. <laughs> you know, like that. That, and they, but they were never like they could never get over. I always like kind of cheered for that team. But one, it was the Ducks, and I loved the movie as a kid. But two, I'm like, man, they got some superstar talent there. They just got nothing else. So uh, I think it was last week, maybe, and we got a, a comment from Colin Newby on. Twitter, he appreciated oh, yeah. the Vinny Dampus and um, the, the Hall of Fame talk. Uh, I think he just appreciated that we were talking about Vinny Dampus on a podcast in July. <laughs> Wait, who, who liked that? Colin, newbie. No, we had I, him on the show before. Yeah, yeah. I'm Good guy. Um, but Paul Correa, is Paul Correa in the Hockey Hall of Fame, the NHL Hall of Fame? Do you guys know off the top of your See, that's one of those Paul guys Correa. where yeah. I maybe just assume that he's in. 989 points in 989 games, exactly. Uh, 50-goal season in 95, a couple 40-goal seasons, a couple 100-point seasons. Yeah, he's I mean, nice. he is. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's one of those guys, though, where I'd wonder, is he in the Hockey Hall of Fame? And I, guess I know. Is, I honestly so. didn't know. I mean, it's, I tell you, I see a list of guys. I'm like, I think how are some of them not already in? Yep. Only played in 46 career playoff games. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunate. Uh, he played for the Colorado Avalanche for a season, the Nashville Predators for two, and that's a team that I forgot that he played for uh, in Nashville and uh, played three seasons with the St. Louis Blues. Tell me if you remember that. Barely, but yes. Yeah. That's so. actually like really the only time I've ever seen him. Like, oh, wow. Act, like obviously I saw the highlights with the Ducks, but the only time I've ever seen him play – was with St. Louis. Oh wow! Is that when they had Dimitra? Dimitra, Pavel Dimitra. Oh yeah, Pavel Dimitra. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Hey, rest in peace. I was going to say, didn't he pass away? He was in a with, uh, um, plane crash. Flyers defenseman, former defenseman. Was it Brad? Uh, McCrimmon. Yeah. McCrimmon. Yep. McCrimmon. That was not Marsh. Team. Yep, that's right. That was a lo- that was locomotive. I believe so. Right. Oh wow! Over in the yeah, I gotta go back. I have to, it's been it's been a while. Huh. Certain yeah, players yeah. you just associate with certain teams. That was Pavel Dimitri for me for a while. After Hull got traded out of there and Pronger moved on. I liked him a lot, actually, Dimitri. He's a good player. Yeah, he was good. He is not in the Hall of Fame. Fellow Baldy. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's that? I'm just kidding. So you look uh, like Steve Ott. Oh, uh, Steve Ott. Uh, for you. That's rough. A couple times. <laughs> Couple comments here, and then we'll get to the rest of our Claude list uh, from Into Deep Nine Four One. Ducks always made the playoffs. Lost in 03, 06 fi- uh, conference finals. One cup in 07. Korea was with Nashville. Yep, yep. And uh, as I mentioned, there was some kind of a. I think it actually was a thirty for thirty on ESPN. If you haven't seen it and you need something to watch, you know you're missing out. You're missing hockey um, in the middle of July. Go check it out. It's a pretty good little documentary. So, all right. Let's get to number two on our Claude's list. Jack, who do you got? That's where I have Claude Lemieux, number two. Okay. Traff, who you got at number two? I have the legend, Claude Monet. 
Claude Monet. I know one that of name. the most famous painters of all time. <laughs> He was known. Right. He always liked doing the lily pads in the lakes and the ponds. <laughs> the lily pads. See, oh this is God. what I like right here. This is the right kind of outside the box thinking I, we need on this show here. Oh That's my good God! Stuff. I never even went that way. Claude Monet. I saw that on an episode of Pawn Stars, and it was. <laughs> it was like it was like a, a trees on a lake. Seriously, that was the that was the painting. I mean, he right, might be the most pad. famous painter ever, besides Van Gogh. Wow. <laughs> You want to start that debate? You want to start a, a painter's debate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the, whoever the Italian was. Look, if you weren't named, if you weren't named after a Ninja Turtle, is it named after you? You couldn't have been that popular. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I'm trying to get Claude Monet up here. Oh, jeez. Apparently, Wikipedia is strict with. Well, can I say uh, John Claude Van Damme then? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let me put it in the chat. So. There's my number three because I didn't give you a number three. Hey, you said Claude Claude Ooh. Lemieux. Oh, you didn't give a number, number three. two. You didn't give a number three, Jack. I'm sorry, I skipped it. I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. What is I asked for a top five, and then I'm skipping Look, your Travis list. Travis started bringing in ringers. I didn't realize <laughs> we could, you know. Claude Monet, ladies and gentlemen, legend. Claude Julien. <laughs> Great <laughs> facial hair on both Claudes. All Claude right, here we go. Name. Yeah, uh, Claude Monet and Jean Claude Van Damme. We have two. Very good. I'm gonna go. Uh, oh wait, we got comments here. No Jean Claude. There you go. Yeah. And, uh, so what's this from Teddy? Real quick. Aunt San Filippo was saying, expect the 2018 oh. Canada team to come out Friday. If Hart isn't involved, what Canadian team do you think we trade them to? Can so we all of them. Can I say all of them. <laughs> yeah. I can make a case for each and every one. We were speculating on that yesterday. So that was part of the reason why uh, we didn't record last night um, was because we wanted to give a couple days to see if anything came out with Hockey Canada and see if Morgan Frost would sign a deal. But obviously that didn't happen. Hmm. Um, but I guess Friday makes the most sense. Right, Trav? I mean, you had a pretty good point when we were talking about this yesterday. You want to give your reasoning for that? Yeah, I, I was wondering – if it comes out Friday as well, just because, you know, it's NFL training camp this week and the average sports fan, their eyes might be pointed towards football. And obviously the hockey fans, the hockey diehards like this is going to be huge news too, but maybe the league's hoping, you know, maybe the average sports fan just going to not even click on it when it pops up on their phone. I don't know. I, I think that's kind of stupid, but at the same time, I kind of think that's how the league thinks and operates. I don't know. It was a no, thought I had. No, that's you're probably bang on right there. I mean, it, you come out. Bad news usually breaks Friday, and it'll break, you know, probably right after the work day when everyone's on their way home. Exactly. Um, so nobody really hears about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, we speculated on this in uh, past shows. Kind of, we we don't know anything. For sure, and at least nothing that we're going to say during the podcast. But, uh, you know, I've said many times, if you're into connecting dots and trying to figure things out on your own, um, I think there are there are dots out there to connect. Will anything happen? We'll see. For Like we said on past shows, for the victim's sake, for Carter Hart's sake, we hope that, you know, he wasn't involved. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, uh, I would we would agree with Anthony that. The news will probably break Friday. 
Okay. Our number one Claude's on everybody's list. Travis, <laughs> we don't even have to ask this one, I don't think, unless you're <laughs> going to throw a massive curveball. Number one on your top five list of Claude's. I'm taking that guy right over your right-hand shoulder, the legend, G-Money, Claude Giroux. Ain't nothing but a G-Thang. Great flyer, one of the greatest flyers ever. That is Claude Giroux, isn't it? It is. Um, legend, one of the greatest flyers ever. Uh, top three favorite player of mine all time. A lot of great memories. Hope he's doing well. So here's a question. Um, so, Trav, you didn't really get to watch Lindros growing up, right? Correct. Jack, do you think – so, like, I, I'll speak from my perspective and then I'll ask. Like, as we've gotten older, like, Eric Lindros growing up was, like, larger than life to us, right? Like, he was, like – he was the Flyers kind of thing. I mean, obviously, every, everyone liked John LeClaire as well. I, you know what I mean? But Eric Lindros was just the franchise. Um, I'm curious to hear, like, because I want to ask Travis this question next. Did, did you view Claude Giroux the same way as you saw Eric Lindros growing up, or do you think that changes as we get older? Jack. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you asked Trav. I misheard you. Um, <laughs> even though he wasn't alive to watch Lindros, so excuse me. <laughs> I just misheard you. Um, so – it's a great question, and I was hoping you asked me <laughs> because because with Lindros was up there for me with like Batman, like it, like he was it was off the pages, next level, you know. And a lot of that had to do with how good the team was. I'm not gonna lie, like he was, and the fact that they're like this guy could be better than Gretzky, like they did legitimately say that. Um, and it, it just to have a player like that on your team, to have like LeBron on your team. It's like, it's like it was insanity and it showed and the team got better and better. And all of a sudden they're in the Stanley cup and they were good every year. And it was just, it was a phenomenal time to be a Flyers fan. It's why I can never be swayed no matter how bad this team is. I'm going to stick it out because that's how good that era, that is the golden error to me. I know they never won it, but they were always right there. And uh, yeah. that's a perfect, yeah, it's a perfect comment. Like it's had a lot to do with it. Or unfortunately, with Giroux, all the talent in the world, but the the success wasn't there, and that'll always and it's not his fault. That'll always be something that like I'll never forget. It was a bad era of hockey. So the difference that's the biggest difference between the two of them. Um, I know there's a lot of differences with the cap and what you can do and can't do, but at the end of the day, he was a superstar in every sense, and the team was dominant. Okay, yeah, good answer. Uh, now, Trad, now I'm interested to hear uh, Claude Giroux for you growing up because he was obviously with the Flyers while you were a kid, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, like, how did you see Claude Giroux? Was he bigger than life for you? Or, uh, like, how did you see him? Because, like, like, like Jack just said for Lindros, he was, you know, he was the Flyers, made you fall in love with the team. Did, did Giroux do that for you? So, well, I to be honest, Danny Briere was probably the reason I fell in love with the team. He's my favorite player ever. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like I, I started getting into the Flyers in 2007, which is right around when he came up. So like I don't really know Flyers hockey without him, which is kind of weird. Um, like you just talked about Lindros. 
the only time I've ever seen Lindros play besides YouTube highlights was alumni games. Hmm. I think he finished in 2006 or 2007. So I, maybe I watched him play when I really didn't even care about hockey. Like, I don't remember it. Um, yeah. Like G kind of like what Jack said, like this guy had all the talent in the world and it sucked. But like, I, I like to remember the 2010, the 2011, 2012, like when the flyers were good and the goal against the Blackhawks in overtime game three, the shift against Pittsburgh in game six, he scored a crazy goal against the Sabres in 2011, beat four guys, sniped one far side on Miller. Like that's what I like to remember him as. Um, but to answer your question, I don't, I don't know. Um, like, I'm a sports diehard, Flyers diehard. Did I see him larger than life, though? I don't know. I got two of his jerseys to my right. Um, I don't know. Very, very, very big fan. Top three favorite player of all time. I'll, I'll say that. All right. I think that's fair. Yeah, I was just curious because I, I didn't – I attributed it to me getting older to where – I didn't see Claude Giroux in the same way that I saw Eric Lindros. And obviously when you're a kid, it's like, you know, these guys are your heroes when you're a kid. And as you get older, you're kind of like, well, these are just regular people. They're just very good at a sport. To, to be know? completely honest. Yes. Like I, I did think of him like that. Yeah. Like he wasn't a regular person. Like he was like the goat, like uh, Claude Giroux could do no wrong. Like you just, you loved that guy. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's kind of what I was getting. I like when I would watch Eric Lindros, you would defend him to the death, whatever it was. If anyone had anything negative to say yeah. about Lindros, they were wrong. Even if they were right, you were going to defend them. Um, he was a saint, blah, blah, yeah. kind of like that. So it took I, me a couple just minutes curious. to think about it, but yeah, you're hundred percent right. Yeah. Well, one right. thing I will add, and this is kind of to the defense of Drew in a sense, when I was growing up, it was the coverage that we had on like the team was always top notch, but like with the players and how they interacted with every little thing, like the you the Twitter and you know the online forums and things like that were not nearly as big, especially in the nineties. The friggin' internet was barely even out. Like you could not rag on players over and over again and get every little detail yeah. of their life back then like you can today. Mm -hmm. And that could kind of give you a sour taste on certain players when things aren't going so good. There is stuff that's come out after the fact about Lindros that I think if we knew while he was playing, although winning secures a lot of that, um, it would have been like, hmm. You know, so I, I think Drew gets an awful lot of hate because of that just based on how the locker room was, things that weren't necessarily in his control, but he is the captain, uh, and just how polarizing the position is now compared to how it used to be in the sense of people getting their opinions out and you know persuading people and talking about things at ridiculous length. For sure. There our buddy Dan weighing in. Lindros revolutionized the sport. He was feared. Yep, absolutely was. A story, I, when I think of... Lindros, I, unfortunately, the first memory that comes up is the last one. Scott Stevens essentially ending his Flyers career. Uh, and I could still feel the emotion uh, of when that happened, the shock of, 
oh my God, that's it. Like he's not going to play for the Flyers ever again. Uh, it's just interesting. So I was curious to hear uh, your guys' perspective. And, uh, you know, obviously Travis, because I, I don't have those same uh, feelings for Claude Drew. And I don't know if it was that they didn't appreciate the player. Maybe it has something to do with what Jack was saying. The Flyers were uh, bad for most of his time here. So um, when I think Drew, I think of the Flyers were not good while Drew was here. So I don't know. And maybe that's unfortunate because he was a very, you know, very, very good player. So I was curious. I just wanted to, to know. Um, we are just a little bit over an hour left. I'm sorry. We're over an hour into the show. We didn't think we were going to hit an hour tonight. I didn't think I was going to make an hour for reasons I will not say on the show. Um, Jack, yeah. your, your number one, Claude. It's G money, baby. I almost went with a white Claude but I'm going to stick with G money. It's hard not to choose him. when he was with that 2010 team and they were doing their things and you saw the talent that he had and how he was playing. It was like the sky's the limit for this team. I don't know. I'm hoping Mishkov makes me <laughs> as high on this team as I was then, because it really felt like they were just going to take off into the stratosphere. They had so much talent and talent coming and this guy, 22nd overall pick, like nobody expected anything of him. They weren't even supposed to draft him. Clark forgot his name and he turns into your captain <laughs> and he's absolute stud. And yeah, I mean, I understand why he's held in the regard as he is outside of the points as well. We really thought we were on, and it's not his fault, different, different era, but like, yeah, we really thought he was going to take us to, uh, to the promised land. And yeah, it is what it is. But unfortunately, number one, he's still number one, Claude. That, that, that's for sure. Number one in uh, our top five and uh, number one in, uh, in our hearts, I guess. Uh, so one more comment from Teddy Dangerously. I think I'm the same age as you guys. Kanye is my favorite. He was so clutch. Overtime goals was huge in the playoffs. Michkov could become our new top flyer. Yeah. I think he's been their most anticipated pick since probably Lindros. Yeah. Uh, the prospect, you could say. I was going to say, the crazy part of that is, yeah, Lindros wasn't even a Flyers pick. They had to trade for him. That that comment is dead on, though. You needed a big goal. Simone Gagne was always right there. He was, man. Oh, man I, so sometimes I think it's, it's weird to say because he was one of my uh, favorite players on that team, but is he a player that, oh, I'll speak for myself. I, I may have taken him for granted. While he was here, not that I ever hated on him, but he was a very, he didn't just score goals. He was a very good defensive player as well. Simone Gagne, very smart player. Yeah. Very, just a good guy too. Um, You could put him on any line and and, and he wouldn't be out of place. But when they finally had the opportunity to match him up with Forsberg, oh my God. Well, you know what I loved about him? And unfortunately he got a little criticism from me at times, but he was the player that branched like the Lindros, the Legion of Doom, and the Ronick Primo team to the Richards-Carter team. Like, he was the steady guy. He even had that little, you know, bump with Forsberg, which was wonderful. Um, and because of that, he became a – and I remember his rookie year, he came in second in voting to Scott Gomez, and I was almost in tears. I was furious. I was Scott like, Gomez. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You think of where those players' careers went. Like, come on. And um, he – by the time the team did get to the cup, he wasn't he wasn't like always on the top line. They obviously laid on some uh, leaned on some other guys, but he was the definition of clutch. That Boston series alone, I mean, he scored two massive goals off the top of my head. 
they could have lost that. They could have been swept that year, but he scored to keep that series alive after coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. And then he, I think he put the team ahead in game seven, which yep. eventually beat them. Like he was an absolute monster. Like I underrated him because I wanted him to take that next step and make them as dominant as they were in the nineties while they were good. They never, they weren't always, you know, like a top team. They were never really challenging for the president's trophy, you know, like they were in the late nineties, early two thousands. So I think he caught a little criticism for that, but when the team needed a big goal, like you guys were saying, we just named a couple. I mean, he even scored a big goal against Tampa. Like he bridged that, he bridged that gap. He played with both of those players I grew up with. And I, um, yeah, he's another one, man. I, I don't know how we got on Gagne, but I love it. He, um, is only 43 years old and he retired or stopped playing back in 2014, 15, which would have made him around 34, 35 years old. His dad Uh, passed away his last year with the Bruins. Okay. And he was only playing maybe a quarter of a season for the four years previously. So after he turned 30, Things went kind of downhill for him quick. Do you guys remember why? Did he have concussion issues or something? Yes. So, Is that what it was? Yeah, he he he. I remember him getting hit, and it, it was like a really weak looking hit, and he was out with a concussion for a while. Like, and I was just like, oh no, I hope he's not like injured. And then he just always seemed to have issues after that. I hmm. remember he had a concussion and a broken foot in 2010. <laughs> Traded him away to Tampa for Matt Walker and a fourth. <laughs> Not yeah. a great trade. Even exactly. if you're just trying to get rid of the salary, it's a, yeah. a bad trade. I remember that. Um, I remember like thinking we're going to get something for him and seeing that trade being like furious. I think Matt Walker played eight games for the Flyers. Um, Jimmy confuses him with new, and, and I love <laughs> yeah, that Sean. you did it. I love that you did that because I thought that popped in my head too. I see Sean, and I just think of him. <laughs> Another Walker. Yeah, and you're yeah. trading away. Like, <laughs> I, f- I forget what injury he had in Tampa, but he missed time there. And then he signed in the LA, that, right? Yes. Um, so then him and Richards were together, and he had a concussion that year, and he missed a long time. I think he came back in the cup final from a concussion. His, he came back in the middle of that series. Got his name on the cup, good for him. And then circumventing the cap. No. <laughs> I guess, I guess because of that, right? Like he wasn't around most of the year. So like he wasn't one of Daryl's guys. So the next season, uh, that was the season that started late due to a lockout. He wasn't in the lineup, ends up getting traded back to Philly. Um, I mean, he really didn't have a big role with the team, maybe third line. And then that's when Holmgren was like, oh yeah, we'll resign you. Just, we have to free up cap. And then, kind of screwed him over never actually signed him hmm. i don't have the stats in front of me did gags play that year what year 13, was this trav i got him in 13, front of me. 14 i guess he went to the boston after that no he didn't and he didn't play at all missed, he, he, oh geez missed the whole year because homer messed homer pretty much screwed him to be honest i know i heard that too. that's exactly what happened like I, then, I remember being like i forget who they were holding out for but he's like, yeah, I'll sign you. And then he, Gagne waited. I don't know if he had other offers. You got to figure he had something. Mm-hmm. Passed, waited. And just, that wasn't the Yager year, was it? Nah, nah, mm-hmm. nah, nah. I don't think they so. They had to free up cap. They had to trade one of their defensemen, and I don't think they ever did. The Yager was 11-12. Yeah, a couple years before. Um, 
And then and he signed a tryout with Boston. Mm-hmm. Vile Leno signed a tryout with Boston that year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they ended up signing Gags, played on the fourth line. Dad passed away and then retired. Wow. Yeah, under uh, he's, he's not underrated at all, actually. I was going to say underrated flyer, but no, he's uh, beloved. Um, all right, so last question here before we wrap up. Let's do it pretty quick because I think the answer I got, to I got this, a little idea for a segment after we're done this. Okay, so a quick question from Oakham here. Who becomes a flyer head coach first, Rod Brindamore or Simone Gagne? And Gagne should be a legit candidate here. My vote goes to Craig Berube. <laughs> Get out, we <really>. win. <laughs> I think it'll be I think it'll be Gagne because I think Brindamore is going to be pretty much untouchable in Carolina. Uh, yeah, I could I could see that. Danny and Gags, I think we're really close. I think Brit- I think who's the head coach play. for the Bengals for years? Marvin Lewis. Yeah. I think. Brynamore is going to be the Marvin Lewis of Carolina, except for he's a like, really good coach. <laughs> he's actually a good coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, so, they, that's how that team is run. Like He might as well have stock in the team. This is interesting because Simone Gagne was just named the new GM of the Quebec or Ramparts. Quebec Ramparts uh, this offseason. GM? Yep. Yeah. Oh, he's a friend. Oh, I guess that takes him out of the running completely. Yeah, you know. I, th- I think before that he was assistant coach and assistant GM. Correct. Mm. Yeah, so interesting stuff there. Did did somebody hire Patrick Waugh in the no. NHL? No, right? I know his name popped up. I don't think yeah. he hired yet. Okay. So I was gonna say maybe that's something to follow. Maybe he follows Patrick Waugh. But uh yeah, it's a good question. Uh I don't yeah, I think Brendan Moore is maybe a hurricane for life kind of thing um where's Kanye? i think you know who knows that would be interesting that'd be fun um all right trav what do you got so do you guys do the uh the immaculate grids or the the puck dokus uh i do not but i saw your text message there they look fun i i say i say we cook one up real quick okay and anybody want to so what do you do here? You, you pick a player that played for both teams. You match so them just up. matches both categories. Yep. All right. Who wants to go first? I already got this whole thing figured out. You go. Oh, you're nice with it, huh? <laughs> uh, so Minnesota and Los Angeles. Let's go Marion Gabrick. Hey, yo. Oh. Minnesota and Ottawa. Let's go Danny Heatley. Wow. Ottawa and... Islanders, let's go Charo. That's kind of an easy one, right? Don't you get more points for being rare or something? No, do Alexi yeah. Gashin then. Okay. Uh, Los Angeles and New York. So this is kind of an easier one too. Zygmunt Palfi, you remember him? Oh, Ziggy Palfi. Yeah. Yep, that's good. I like that. Uh, name. Dallas and Ottawa is sort of a tricky one. You got anybody, Jack, off the top of your head? Not for, give me a minute. Not Who do you got, Trav? I got stuck on this. There was uh, I do these every night, and this one came up maybe two weeks ago, and I was stuck on it for a while. And then if you think about some really good Senators players, they ended their career. Not ended. Ah, uh, I got they, it. Did Spezza they go went, there? Spezza yeah. went there, right? Yep. There you go. Gonchar yeah. did as well. Yeah, then he went to Toronto. That's wow, why he could take his career there. 
Gosh. He ended his meaningful career. And uh, no, actually, he's pretty good with Toronto. Um, you say Marcel Gotch? What the <laughs> hell? Gotch. I thought I thought that's who you said. What? Marcel Gotch. Remember that, that name, wow, guy? I, I, <laughs> I do. I do remember that name. Uh, all right. So now we need a hundred penalty minutes in a single season for. Can I do? Did, did we get a uh, LA Dallas yet? LA. Oh, LA Dallas. Dallas. Um, we um. Well, I, for some reason, I have Steve Ott in my head because of Jack. Well, that's my answer Whoa. for the 100 penalty minutes for Dallas. <laughs> I don't think he played for Los Angeles, though. No, no, no. no. I'm saying for the next the next category of yeah. um, L.A. Hold on. Uh, Dallas, L.A. Dallas, L.A. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing. No, we're not giving up. Damn it. Up. Um, hold on. It's got to get. It's got to pop in there. That's all. Any goalies go from Dallas to LA? That's what I'm stuck on. No, because they got there was a big time Bishop goalie from, prospect for Dallas. The, oh, was the, it the other way. No, 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 I'm saying Bishop Ooh. came from Tampa. Um, did he go? Did he wind up in LA? <laughs> did he? Did he? He's got me on the final answer thing. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm. Very I'm drawing a blank here. Did Ben Bishop go to? No, I don't want to guess it. I know he went to Tampa Bay. Well, he came from Tampa Bay. Oh, right? he came to Tampa from Tampa Bay. Yeah, I don't remember him playing for the Kings though. I it could have been at the very like end, and I only tie game. I feel like we're missing an easy one. Maybe we get a little help in the comments here. Yeah, come on. We got we got a gaunch. Yeah, got Is there a time limit on this? No. No. So I try to do them as quick as I can. I don't really look at the rarity thing. I just try to do them as quick as I can. Do you get more points for, for quickness? Yeah, it gives you uh, – no. I uh, just post okay. them on TikTok and just try to okay. do them as quick as I can. Well, they do you give for... you a unique rating afterwards if you get the rare guys. Who would you put for Dallas, Los Angeles? I didn't do them yet, but I got two guys in mind. Yeah, I'll go with Bishop, final answer, because I want to hear yours. Uh, Jack Campbell. Was drafted. Damn by it! Dallas. Uh, yeah, he he was he was highly thought of back then. Jack Campbell. Who's your other name? Uh, Bishop. Daryl Sedor. Oh, right, we got it, Jim. We can't counts. Was it Ben Bishop? <laughs> it was. An, it was another one. Yeah. That's... How about this name? Daryl Sedor. I wouldn't have got that. That's for sure. That's for Sador. That's before Travis's time. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him. <laughs> yeah, I like the older ones. That's, That's where Ser- my head goes. Sergey Zuboff. Did he play for the Kings? Oh my God, what a name! <laughs> I don't know if he played for the Kings. I remember him Buffalo, Dallas. Daryl Sador. Been around, man. He might. It wouldn't surprise me if he spent a year there. No, these are fun. Maybe I'll get into these. These. This oh, is a website, know. Travis, or I have to download yeah. TikTok or something. It's Puck Doku. Puckdoku.com. What about the Pims? What what are we going for the Pims? Is Ott the an answer for Dallas? It's gotta be is, one. Is that a guess? Yeah, Steve Ott. Yep. Woo! Let's go. Minnesota, are we going Delorier? Like, come on, are we fucking Ooh. around here. That's a great one. Put it on the board. Actually, that's not the guy I thought of. Incorrect. Go... All right. Nah, I never put on. up hundred penalty minutes Ooh. with that. Then go. Um, you only played like name? half a year there. Oh, yeah, it's true. Um, I was thinking uh, the boogeyman. Wow, that's a great one. Derek Bugard. 
Yeah. That's got to be correct. Did you, did you put it? That is correct. We went eight for nine. That is correct. Oh, it's my fault we lost. Did we do the Islanders yet? No, we ran out of guesses. Oh. <laughs> Wait, how many guesses do you get? Nine. You got to go. Yeah, you got to go perfect. Nine. All right, well, should we just name one to finish it? It's got to uh, be. I would just pick Char. Pick. Char? How about uh, <laughs> the Ash Man, Aaron Asham? Oh, yeah. Big goal. I hated Ashen, but when he played oh. for the Flyers, I liked him. I loved him. One of my he, favorites. He scored in game five against Montreal. So I yep. like, love that, that silky goal in front. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it took, I think at the time it took the lead. It was like right after the Richards goal. So it was like 1 1. That was beautiful. I feel, don't you feel like he always like scored? When he did score, he scored sick goals. Yeah, he good scored. For like, he scored a grinder. Yeah. When he scored, I was like, I was like, why is he on the ice? <laughs> <laughs> I loved him. Yeah. He yeah. no, had I mean, good chemistry wrong, with too, G and JDR like, that one year. He did. I'm, I'm like, he played some big games. Like, oh, my God. But who the, who's the – Matt Martin, did he do it for the Islanders? Uh, I don't know. Oh, sorry, we're, we're, out of, we're out of guesses. I can't tell until tomorrow. Well, no. we'll have a new board tomorrow, so I can't even go back and look. No. Matt Martin. Maybe Cal Buttercup. Did have 100 penalty that minutes was the for other the one Islanders. I was trying to think of. He did, Jim? Yeah, twice. I'm sorry, Maybe, four times. Um, Ryan White broke his nose. It was beautiful. Oh, that was beautiful. That's what I was thinking. Ross the boss. <laughs> Love that. Alec, boom, walk off. Seriously? Let's, Let's go. go. Home run? That's a great no, way to single. end the effort. Two ninth to win it. Oh, yeah. They needed Let's a win. Let's go. Log the point. I can't believe I forgot that one. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, why don't we wrap up this show? It's funny because we were like, oh, maybe we'll do like a 45-minute hour show, and here Every we are, time. hour and 22 minutes in. I want to thank everybody for hanging out for the episode. Um, we needed you guys tonight, yeah. and you guys came through. Uh, Oakham, Dan Knightley, uh, Teddy, make sure you hang out again. Teddy, appreciated you in the comments. Uh, I think that's the uh, first time we maybe saw you. Uh, in Too Deep, Dave, as always, and Carts88. Oh, Jonathan Nesbitt as well. A couple new names in the comment section. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for, ha thanks for hanging out. Um, hopefully we see you again next week. That's going to do it for episode 40 of season five. We'll catch you next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Garth Snow.